0: Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. <clears throat> Breakfast in the class is dedicated in loving memory of Lilo, and Lilo, Nishmat Esther Bat Victoria, Alei Sponsored by the Shwai family. Breakfast in the class is also dedicated for the Ruvasher Lema of Meir Ben Adelia, sponsored anonymously. And as well, this entire week of cold brew was dedicated in loving memory of Sammy Sayed Nishmat Shalom Ben Rivka, sponsored by his son Isaac Sayed. We also have one uh, other beautiful announcement to do. Um, where uh, we have a special birthday that today, uh, today's class is being done in celebration of the birthday of our indefatigable uh, Haron Shochet. Congratulations, happy birthday to you uh, today for all of the hard work that you do in the synagogue. It's really, really special. So today, today is also dedicated uh, to you as well. You know, our rabbis tell us, Ma'asei avot siman lebanim. The deeds of the parents, siman lebanim, becomes a sign and a harbinger for what exactly will take place in the lives of their children. And this beautiful mitzvah from the very beginning of Am Yisrael's uh, existence is the mitzvah of achnasat Orchim. Avraham is sitting post-op, like they say, sweetener, post-op in, uh, in front of his tent. Now we have two EMT guys. EMT, I'm not sure, what's the exact? Paramedics. Paramedics. So these guys know, imagine someone at the age of 99 does a Brit Milah. Could you imagine the, the, the heal time on something like that? How long would it take before the guy got out of bed? How long would it take before they would allow anyone to visit him? And here, Avraham is sitting, third day post-op of the Brit Milah, worst day in the pain, three days after, and he's sitting outside waiting for guests. I don't need to tell everyone here because we have a complete male audience after a Brit Milah at 99, what it means that after Abraham saw his guests hesitating, Abraham runs to them. Think about what that means. Just the process of running in such pain. Okay. So I just want to share this beautiful mitzvah that Abraham does, and just I want to take a look at uh, what it is and how Abraham does this beautiful mitzvah. Baruch the Pasuk tells us that Abraham sees anashim nitzavim. These three men, they were standing Nitzavim means a person is standing on a principle They weren't moving forward toward him But also they were not moving backwards Vayar and Abraham understood First he saw and then he understood He ran towards them And he bows to them He tells them, please come to my house Have something to eat have something to drink, but what does he tell them? He's going to give them a little bit of water and some bread. They agreed to come, and is that the meal that Avraham Avinu serves them? No, he serves them much more. Why does he do that? Now, Rashi tells us this idea, that the idea is always under-promise and over-deliver. Tell them you're going to give them bread and water, and then give them, you know, like Avraham gives them different kinds of meat, and he brings them butter, and chardal, and mustard, and cakes, and cookies. He brings them everything, okay? Under-promise and over-deliver. However, I think that there's something else here as well, which is an important feature. And that is that Avraham understood that the people were hesitating, why? How come they weren't coming forward? Because they didn't want to bother him. They knew he was 99. They knew he was a Brit Milah. Everyone knew about Avraham Avinu. In fact, we know that before he did the Brit Milah, he took a council with his close friends, Aner, Ishkol, and Mamre. Is this gonna make me a vulnerable to an attack if people know that I had a Brit Milah? He was such a personality in the day. He was a Time Magazine's man of the century, you know? They only printed very few copies at the time, and it, was all very, it wasn't so often, so they had to be very choosy. But he, he made the front cover, okay? Rabbi Uday, what's amazing is that he sees that they're not coming forward, but he also sees that they're not retreating. Avraham first sees and then he understands. If they, must, if, they, if they don't come, it's because they're afraid of bothering me. But if they're not leaving, it must mean that they need to come to see me. Avraham realizes that the only way he can actually address the fact that they're hesitant to come forward because they don't want to bother him is to make them feel that it actually it's No bother. That's why Avraham runs. To illustrate to them, look, I'm fine. He runs to prove that he's okay. That's the point of his running. But not just that, Rabbotai. He tells them, I'm gonna bring you in my house, but it's gonna be easy. It's just gonna be bread and water. They're like, okay, fine, bread and water. Imagine you told them I'm gonna serve you a five course meal. The point of under-promising here wasn't just so we could overdeliver deliver and, uh, and tell them things would be good. Like, I always felt if planes would tell you, instead of we're arriving at 5.01 and then you arrive 5.10 and everyone's mumbling, if you say we're going to arrive this afternoon, like, you know, that's managing expectations, okay? I was on the phone the other day with the IRS, Baruch Hashem, everything kosher. I was on the phone with the IRS. They told me, we'll get back to you within five to seven minutes, right? Yeah, Legit, five to seven minutes. I was on the phone. I checked afterwards. I was on the phone with them for an hour and a half. You know, five to seven minutes, that makes you angry. Because it's so specific and then you don't deliver. Abraham, not just is trying to manage expectations, but he's trying to make the person feel comfortable in his home. There was a great rabbi, the Rebbe from Bahash, and he was very famous for his extraordinary achnasat, Orchim. One day, a very wealthy businessman in the town comes to him and he says, Rabbi, I have a favor to ask from you. Rabbi says, sure, of course, anything. What can I? How can I help? He says, listen, I have businesses all around the world, so I get mail from different places internationally. He says, and the kids from around my house, all the kids from all these different places nearby, you know, I think they collect stamps. So when these these envelopes come in with all these interesting stamps, I think that they're going through my mail, and before I get a chance to read my mail, they're taking my mail. Would it be okay if I changed my address to your address, that way the mail would come to your address instead of mine, and I won't lose any important mail. The Rabbi says, sure, no problem, happy to help. Next morning, after whatever, two, a few days later, the guy comes in front of the house, he checks the mailbox, he leaves. Next day, mailbox leaves. Next day, mailbox leaves. After a week, the wife of the rabbi says, honey, every, every day this guy, uh, even though he's an international businessman, okay, he hasn't got one piece of mail yet. The rabbi strokes his beard. And he says, ah. He says, this is what I want you to do. Tomorrow morning, when you see him coming to the mailbox, flag him down. She says, why? He says, flag him down. Tell him that the mailman has not arrived yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, says, he says, tell him the mailman has not arrived yet. And... But it's not a problem, he should be here soon. He's welcome to come inside and wait for the mailman. Once he's in the house, sitting down, waiting for the mailman, offer him a bowl of soup. His wife says, what are you talking about? The rabbi said, this international businessman who had to reroute his letters because all of them were getting stolen, hasn't received a single piece of mail. Maybe the reason why he's coming every day is because he's waiting for an invitation Because his businesses have failed and the guy doesn't have food to put on the table. What a genius. That's called a genius in Hachnasat Orchim. A genius in human psychology, in understanding the needs of someone who could never come and say, I need food to eat. I need a loan. I need an introduction uh, in business. I need help finding a Shiduch. I have this all the time. You have guys coming up and saying, you know, Rabbi, uh, I don't know if you know anyone for me. I'm only looking for the absolute best, you know, this that, and the other. I'm very picky. Maybe you could help me find someone. Why is the guy saying that? He's maybe a little embarrassed that he hasn't found someone yet. It's not a nice thing to have to say. Can you help me find someone to marry? So he tries to make it sound as if the reason why he hasn't found someone is because he's so picky. You have to be able to see through people's machinations to see through people's defenses. They're trying to protect their dignity. The point is not to tear it down. The point is to hear what they're actually saying and what they actually need and to try and help them have what they need. Rabotai, I found something here in this, uh, in this parasha that is so beautiful. The, the pasuk continues and tells us that the angels, they eat. And Chazal explained to us that we know that angels in heaven, they have no possibility of eating. They don't have a gastrointestinal uh, intestinal system that either requires or has anything to do with food. And yet they ate. You know why, Rabbotai? There's a beautiful line that says, Yoter mimah sheha, pa- uh, sheha valad roze linok More than the calf wants to feed, the mother wants to provide food. You all know this. If you think that this is untrue, Go home, go to your mom's house Your mom is falling over herself to make you eat You tell her, I just ate, it doesn't matter She's still putting food on the table Why? The purpose of your mother feeding you food Is not because you're hungry It's because she has a need to take care of And to give to the child that she loves so much Here you have Avraham Avinu doing everything he can To take care of what he thinks are awkward guests He's doing everything, going the extra mile to feed them And the malachim are also engaging in this process and receiving from someone who it would break his heart not to be able to give. Sometimes the chesed that we can do in this world is to give to others. But sometimes the biggest chesed in the world that we can do for other people is to receive from them, is to allow them to be the people that are trying to give. You know, I learned a tremendous lesson from a very wise gentleman that visits us, visits us office from Fifth Avenue. And quite often, he brings to our Bet Knesset, he'll come and he'll bring me a piece of cake wrapped up in a, in, a, in, a, in a napkin, or a bagel, wrapped up in a napkin, he'll say, Rabbi, this is for you. And in the beginning, I said to him, I said, and he's sitting here with us today, and I said to him, I have a bagel over here, and I have a cake over I don't need. But eventually, I realized, this is a Jewish person. He's trying to do a chesed with me. It doesn't matter whether I have it or not. He doesn't, The only thing he wants to do is bring somebody over here, a piece of cake from somewhere else that he was. What a magnificent thing that someone's trying. And eventually I realized, dipped what I was. Shoof, he has it with him right now. Or the dip, what I was, that I wasn't actually accepting someone's chesed and giving him the beautiful mitzvah that he's trying uh, uh, so often to do. Rabotai, that's what it means in ma'aseh avot siman lebanim. That when you do something in your life, you're also able to communicate that to future generations. And I wanna share with you one last point on this, a beautiful idea. You know, Avraham, he's uh, sitting here at this tent, and there's really only one thing that Avraham wants. Does anyone remember? What does Avraham want at this stage? He's got the money, he's got the fame, he's got the power. He's got got everything, okay? Avraham's got everything. The one thing he's missing is, Rafi? He's missing a child. He says to Borei Olam in the most powerful words, he says, What could you possibly give me? And I'm going without child. What could you give me? The only things that are worth having are things that you could pass on that have some form of continuity even after we're gone. So Abraham says to God, What could you give me? I don't have kids. These angels are coming in response to that need. What are the angels coming to tell him? Where's your wife? By next year, this time, you're going to be hugging a baby boy. That's what they tell him, right? What is the merit that brings Avraham this declaration? In other words, the angels are coming to give him this news. What happens if Avraham doesn't welcome him in the house? He doesn't get the news. So it is the process of haknasat Urchim where he thinks he's welcoming others into his house which actually pays him the greatest dividends, where he can welcome into the house the one guest that he wants more than any other, a child of his very own. Rabotai, and I want you to pay attention to this. I noticed this just this past week. Avraham, with this action, is securing his future. Like the Pasuk says, Ve'el habakar <clears> Rats <throat> Avraham, and to uh, the cattle Avraham ran. Now hidden in those words, is something magnificent rabotai because we know that in just a short while abraham wants to get a, a wife for his son so that there can be a continuation to the jewish people and eliezer goes and he tries to find a wife for the for what's it called for abraham look carefully what the pasuk says he goes to look and he sees this woman and what happens Vatarat <laughs> sanara and the daughter, this young woman, she went running. And she's running to go find uh, the food, the, dr- the drink as well for, for, Eliezer, for Eliezer's camels. So, with Avraham's running, the El rats Avraham, he's securing his future, the reward that he's getting a daughter for his son, Yitzhak. He runs, she runs. But what's even more fascinating, the El Avraham, Avraham thinks <coughs> he's running to the cattle, but the word habbakar is the same letters as the word ribka exactly. So he's running towards the animals, but this act of Ahnasat Orchim that brings in these angels telling about Yisraq actually provides for him as well, Rivka. I noticed later on in the same Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Vayikach ben Bakar, Rach Vatov. He takes for for these guests a uh, an animal a, uh, a a sheep which is rach soft and good what's fascinating is the two further wives of the avot are leah and rachel rachel is described by how good she is yefat tov and e- e- leah is described ve ne leah rakot rach so in this moment, in the same pasuk, he acquires Rivka, his future, the wife of Yitzhak, but also the wives of Yaakov Avinu as well. What a magnificent concept this is that a person in doing chesed for other people is ultimately investing in his own bank account. Rabbi we find this idea in uh, in tax law. We find this idea in finances, that a person can put aside money and that money can go towards an account that he's setting up for trust fund for his kids. Ultimately, his kids would be able to, you know, spend that money in the time when the time comes, when they have to get married or marry off children, when they need to buy a house. You could put money aside for your kids. Rabbi the zikhuyot that we do are also things that we put aside for our children. And as we know, we say in the Pasuk, in the Tefillah, every single day, U'mevi go'er libne lem'an He brings a Redeemer, not just. The reward of the Avot HaKedoshim wasn't only to their children, but it was to their children's children, and children's 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 children, until the point where we today are still talking about the zechut Elokei Avraham, the zechut of Avraham Avinu, that Chesed, and think about that if you will. Uh, there's so much investment that we put into our kids, sometimes you have to think of uh, alternate streams of income for the family, not just of the finances that you're putting aside and not just the chinuch that you're putting into the kids, but all the beautiful mitzvot that ultimately will pay dividends in ensuring that our children will have shiduchim and our children will be taken care of and our children will stay in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu forever and evermore. Baruch Adorai Leolam. Amen ve'amen. Rabbi Hanania Ben